I know they lost. <laughs> Are you watching yourself? <laughs> Does this I just make needed the, show, the link. I needed the link. <laughs> <laughs> i oh, hope this okay. makes the show okay, hey by good. the way uh stp Sorry. it's brought to you by manscaped remember you can get 20 percent off and free shipping if you use the promo code dangle right hat guy yeah uh he's not here <laughs> <laughs> all right jesse start the show Okay, so just before we get started here, um, Noxie and Cax have um, somebody you've never heard of on their show tomorrow. Somebody you've never heard of in your entire life. Name is up and comer Cassie Campbell Pascal. Oh, who is that? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, just the most, the most uh, uh, legendary mm-hmm. uh, women's hockey player ever. Uh, oh, yeah. Insane. So uh, Cassie Campbell Pascal, Noxie and Cax. And by the way, Jesse, um, you should tell the story about how you recorded Noxie and Cax's uh, Olympic recap episode because it's pretty. Yeah. What happened? Uh, Monday, it was, it was just an awful waste of an afternoon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got I got a flat tire on my way back from recording the SDP and everybody was chirping me because Steve tweeted out uh, what was happening. And they're like, oh, you can't change a flat tire. But I couldn't change the flat tire because it wasn't my car. It was right. uh, it was it's a rental vehicle. So they have to send their people to change it. So I was waiting in a parking lot, uh, Harbor 60. I was, I was down there. If anybody knows Toronto, Big restaurant. That, that's Big where I was restaurant. able to pull over and uh, and park there. And I waited there for four and a half hours for a tow truck because oh. they have a specific tow truck company that they have to send out because that's the one they work with with their business. And oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, apparently they got sidetracked by a couple uh, toes they had to. I think it was a police tow they had to go take care of. And then then uh, they weren't coming from downtown Toronto. They're coming from outside the burbs. And it took about four and a half hours. So in the middle of that, I had to record oh. Noxie and Cax. And I did it uh, from an iPad that we have for some of the production stuff. I recorded it from that iPad uh, off of LTE, uh, tethered with my phone. I was able to record it to the cloud uh, and then have that in the back end and then find, and then get it from the cloud when I got home. It's amazing. You, you are a car. preposterous. You did, <laughs> a, you did that show, which is a great show, from yeah. the parking lot. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, I'm glad I know how to do it. And like in the future, there's some things I can tweak to make it even better because I didn't have the right settings set up even. So like I can I can I could do a great broadcast from a car. You noticed that too, Steve, right? The things that he didn't get right. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. As I always do. You know, <laughs> you know Jesse, this is the thing about Jesse, just no attention to detail whatsoever. No, I get it. So I, I made the boys um, uh, record this show a little bit later, and I promised you we're going to get into all the leaf stuff and all that. Uh, and then I made the them before. record it even later. <laughs> um, <laughs> but true. so I got to tell you what happened. So in in uh, so I'm on I'm I'm in my uh, girlfriend's cottage, girlfriend's parents' cottage bedroom, um, recording the show right now because this is supposed to be like our midwinter vacation, mm-hmm. and obviously we didn't go anywhere. So um, we're uh, this is our couple of days where it's just supposed to be her and I. And her parents were taking my daughter to see my parents who are going to, who live in the area and it's a cottage road. So what happens yesterday? Well, it warms up, it rains, and then overnight it goes down to minus 15 Celsius, which 
um, I'm not sure if you're aware of what happens below zero Celsius, uh, but it turns water into ice. Crazy. I love a good flash freeze. Yeah. yeah. So literally this morning, they they take this big Nissan Pathfinder and they drive around the corner and it basically becomes a curling rock. And at one kilometer an hour, they slide into a bank. And thankfully, it's not like a ditch or anything like that. But, you know, they, they can't move. So we had to get um, um, my, my girlfriend's dad's name is Rob. We had to get Rob's neighbor who's got an ATV with chains on it uh, and a bunch of sand. And like I'm talking yards and yards of sand and do the whole road. We oh, just wow. put shovels out there, minus 15 in the, the whole road. And we're still not. You sure just that, did this? Like, yeah, I just did this this morning. Yeah. <laughs> and and so, they, by the way, they do this. He and his and, and his neighbor, Harry, do this all the time. But they've never seen ice like this. Like, I'm not yeah. kidding, guys. If I had my skates, I could skate up and down the hill. It's it's two or three oh, inches. You thick. should try. I know. I just don't have to. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, anyway, we we so we got the ATV. We got the sand, the sand with a little bit of melt in it and did the whole thing. And uh, anyway, long story short, about 15, 20 minutes ago, they were able to get the, the truck down one hill, up another and out. And then we had to then they had to come back to the cottage grab Everly in an ATV and then drive her out to the main road where the, where the Pathfinder. Did she like the ATV? She did. She was like, so Harry was wearing a blue hat and she'd never met Harry before. And she's like, she's like, uh, she's like, well, he's wearing a blue hat. And then, (laughs) (laughs) and then, uh, and then I, I, you know, I wrapped her in my jacket because all of her stuff was in the car because it was packed and ready to go. So I had her wrapped in my jacket and she was totally cool, like super chill. And then at the end of it, she goes, thank you, Harry. And, then, and that's it. Oh! So she's off and on her way. Um, but it's it's been a wild morning here. So uh, anyway, I just thought I'd tell you that. And I want to shout out anybody who listens to this show from a rural area, especially mm-hmm. in the wintertime. Uh, this is normal. <laughs> I'm just such a. Oh, yeah. I, I remember thinking I was just thinking as we were as we were sanding this, uh, how much bitching happens in the city. Like it's like, you know, people in Toronto get their sidewalks. Uh, plowed for them and if it's not done within 12 hours which is completely ridiculous you have people and i have like a facebook group for my neighborhood and they're like we're gonna contact so-and-so counselor from i can't believe the plow it's like get out there and shovel it yourself you lazy ass come on it's like like i know some uh, people can't the parking on your street adam the parking on the street because there's there's a snowbank so like a lot of the parking is taken up and you know if Steve can't drive from Oshawa because the parking isn't just there. <laughs> Adam, <laughs> Adam, do you pay property tax? And if so, why? <laughs> but if you compare <laughs> that to somebody to? who lives you get? Out, out in the rural areas, you know, they have they an impossible it. winter. Do it yourself, <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's coming to help you. It was mm-hmm. anyway, it was quite the morning. Uh, and I they, just they don't have salt guy. They have chains no. and ATV guy. <laughs> that's right. And 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 that's the thing, right? Like you 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 realize like we're pretty pampered in the city. Mm-hmm. I can understand why people from not the city are like you guys are idiots. Um. So, uh, last idiots. couple nights, idiots. I know the lingo. <laughs> <laughs> so last couple nights, I think, um, I think have been tough, and I think they've been uh tougher on nobody more so than Steve Dangle. The Montreal game and the corresponding LFR video, I mean, if only I could have told Monday morning, sorry, Sunday morning, or sorry, Tuesday morning Steve Dangle what Tuesday night would be like. Maybe he wouldn't have freaked out so much. Maybe it would just have been an acceptance of, this is a team on a bit of a skid right now. So two games, 
two losses, two objectively not very good goalies. Uh, like Montembeau is is among the worst statistical goaltenders in the league this year. J.F. Barube was out of the NHL for like four or five years and has only made his way back. First um, win since 2018, I think. Or first pair of wins, I should say. What happened? <sighs> so Montreal, they, they just didn't show up and sucked. Like, right. I, I don't know what to tell you. And yeah, it's going to happen. I, there's no reason for it to ever happen in that building against that team. No reason ever. They're in last place right now. Even on a hot streak, they're on a last place hot streak. Uh, and when Sheldon Keefe after the game was like, oh, yeah, you know, it's a wake-up call. I was like, oh, they're in trouble. Oh, the, oh, they're in such deep trouble. That That was the maniacal laughing because you should never need a wake-up call under any circumstance for the Montreal Canadiens under any, which category would you like to select longest rival divisional rival knocked you out in the playoffs several months ago. They're in last play. There's guys get a clue, get a clue in a heartbeat. That's all this fan base is asking. Well, on paper gives a shit on paper on the ice. They, they way too often. Don't look like they have a care in the world or a clue. Then against Columbus, obviously they were much better. Mm -hmm. I thought it was funny. I was rewatching my LFR video this morning and uh, I criticized the Leafs for not having an attention to detail after saying that the shots were 32 to 20 or sorry, were 32 to 30 when in fact they were 32 to 20. They were doing even better. So I didn't have an attention to detail, Um, but they make these mistakes that ruin their good efforts. Right. So to me, it was two different kinds of bad. And for everyone who's just like, oh, the goaltending's bad. Goalies are on your team. <laughs> Every team has a goalie. They ice one, sometimes two. And in a very notable game a couple of years ago, sometimes they ice three. By the way, that we'll get to that anniversary in a little bit. <laughs> goalies are part of your team. Yeah. Goalies are allowed. That's, stop. A, that's a narrative I've tr- been trying to get out there this year. Is you're allowed to play a goalie really well, and he's allowed to stop all the shots. I'm it's a part of your strategy. Stop. It can happen. I'm begging on my hands and knees for people to stop. Like, also, I, I, I you know, somebody tweeted me and they said, "Listen," and I, it was an earnest tweet, right? They're like, "Listen, they got goalie two nights in a row." I'm like, "If you get goalie by Montebal and Barube, <laughs> like that, like." Like imagine, imagine an Oiler fan how, how with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl accepting oh. that. Imagine a Penguins fan with Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin accepting that. Ovechkin accepting that's not that you can't. And and I, I want to give full marks to to Martyr and Matthews because they were I thought the best two players on the ice both nights. They're great. They're and amazing. Ma- Matthews had a little, a uh, couple defensive lapses there. Yeah, yes. where he should have been. He should have gotten back on the puck a little quicker. Yeah. How dare but, the Leafs not show up for easily, easily, easily the most loyal fan base of the world? Easily. Easily. Oh, guys, they got goalie. I guess Montebal and Perube. Yeah. yeah. My God. Ah! Now, the goalposts are made of spaghetti. <laughs> no, I don't think. Again, I think I think you're as as a lot. A lot of people as Leaf fans 
and I, I, I can understand this, when you see this sort of stuff, this is the Leafs at their worst. What we saw in the weeks yep. preceding this and up till December 1st, or sorry, December 5th, um, that was the Leafs at their best. What we're seeing now is the Leafs at, this is, they, they can be comically good and comically not good. And it's we're seeing the exact cutoff for good goalie, bad goalie. Yes. <laughs> so we need to, talk, so I think there's a couple things here. Obviously Jack Campbell runs on confidence. We know that, right? He's our, he's our boy. We love him. We love Jack Campbell, but Jack Campbell is too hard on Jack Campbell. Clearly yeah. you can see it in the press conference. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, and I think Keith said it, and I said it in the last show when, you know, quoting him, the Leafs strategy of defense, uh, there's nothing wrong with it, but you have to execute it. And mm-hmm. what they did last night was they threw Labushkin in and people were like, oh, he sucks. It's like, dude, he didn't even learn the system. He just flew in that day. It was like, here's a jersey. Good luck. Go play the best hockey in the world. If there's anyone you can give a mulligan to, I think it's him. Yeah, give him a couple weeks for God's sakes. Yeah. The, the thing is, is that what I saw on three of four goals last night, and I tweeted this, is gap control, gap control, gap control. Mm. When you Jesse, I think you mentioned it with Matthews in overtime. I think there was the 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 goal in overtime. I think was a gap control issue. I, I saw three or four goals last last night. That here's the worst place that you can be if you're defending, whether you're a forward or a defenseman. If you are on the defending side of the puck, is about a meter away from the attacking forward because it gives them the opportunity to go left, right, or shoot right through you on a screen. Yeah, and that's what happened time, on the uh, on the Dermot play. Yeah, yes. was caught in no man's land and he Man. just got screwed and Campbell didn't make a save. And that's that's but but Dermot, if you look at that play again, he could have made the decision mm-hmm. to go right at the play. Yeah, and if didn't. you get left in the even dust, with a if, stick, 100 yeah. percent. If you get left in the dust by a player like because Dermot's got wheels, right? He can skate. Sure. Um, if if he goes at that player and I forget who even who it even was and actually just attacks the player, Gaunt? even if he gets out positioned afterwards he has still thrown the player off their track and they're not going to get a shot do you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. yeah, yeah he allowed something... he allowed the attacker to walk into the slot because he backed he backpedaled and he just he didn't make a play on the puck right it was a terrible defensive effort so this is where this is where i think this is where i think that i'm not that worried because these problems that we're all talking about here they're they're really fixable this is a really fixable problem. <laughs> Gap control is a fixable problem. He took off his headphones. It anybody, is. Anybody you listening, know Steve is. is no longer listening to Adam. Steve, <laughs> you know that that's a fixable problem. You've never seen Dermot control a gap before? You've never seen Lilligrand or Matthews or any of those Steve, guys? Why are you out? Why are you out? D- Travis Dermot, Adam. Travis I, Dermot? It's, listen, it's better you, than a spin around and You want to go through the list of things I've seen him do? I hmm? know. But, it's a, but listen. You can't tell me that somebody can't learn gap control. You can learn gap control. You can do, you can execute gap control. No team gets more rope in the entire world than these guys. A couple goofballs throw jerseys on the ice and oh, they have it so hard. Oh my God. Well, I'm Adam, just saying, you, like, can learn, no, that's a, that you can clean that up. And by the way, you could. when they were at their most successful, they weren't doing it. Yeah, if I had wheels, I'd be a wagon. Adam! They've had the same bodies. Doing the same stupid shitty things for a very long time. And we chalked it up to baby fat. And now they're just grown adults standing in front of us doing the same things they did as babies. Mm-hmm. And uh, like Adam, that guy's not in the lineup. He's not in the lineup at their best. 
No, he's not. No, he's Kermit? not. No, yeah, not now. I think, think it's Sandy and Lilligren, yeah. Muslin Labushkin. Brody, well, and by the Ryan. way, like Hulls, that's over. We're done. Because so. if if yeah. we if he wasn't in last night's lineup, okay, we have our answer. Like they're gonna ship him out the door if soon, I would think. Uh I'm not like they're they're scraping the bottom of the barrel for every cap dollar they can find. Um, I don't understand the point of keeping him if he doesn't make last night's lineup. So Muzzin, like it shows you how dependent on Muzzin he is. Mm-hmm. Muzzin gets hurt and they just take him out of the lineup entirely. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. I thought well, Sandy and Labushkin were together on the second pair because eventually they'll be pushed down to the third pair and they will play together. So they're trying to get the time in for those two, right? I think that makes sense. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're all learnable, fixable mistakes. But this is the thing, man. Like, this is what these games are supposed to be for. Um, is learning to prove, and fixing. Well, it's learning and fixing, but also to prove that you use the first half of the season to hone those skills, right? To work on those things. And then February is when you're supposed to be ramping up. April is fine-tuning. And then the beginning of the playoffs, it's the exam. That's the exam. So for me, it's like... Um, I saw I saw a skit many years ago. I think it was Ryan Gosling going bicycling in the mountains with Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> and he said, Jimmy, I'm worried about your hydration levels. Just remember, if you're thirsty, it's already too late. <laughs> now, it's a corny thing, but every time I get thirsty, I think of it. <laughs> and uh, they're discovering some hydration issues. Mm-hmm. Because they're <laughs> parched on defense. Mm-hmm. And for some of these guys, is it already too late? Well, I think I think we've seen, and I think the Leafs have shown that that the the attempt to get Justin Hall back on track is that's done now. I feel terrible for the guy, man. Me too, because he's a, yeah. a well-liked guy. Like I, I don't wish ill for Justin Hall, by the way. I'm no. not like trying to, but it seems like it's like, okay, we've seen 40 games of this. You know, that what, what else do you go with this? Right. What I have to tell you too, and this is not to to bag on a, a guy who's injured, but but Jake Muzzin did not look good in in Montreal. Uh, not yeah. like before that hit, before the the collision. Jake Muzzin, he's you could tell he still has the 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 very smart hockey brain that he has, but he already has pre existing injuries, which he said pre game is making him worried about engaging with other players physically, which is his game. He was never a great skater, so he's in, he's afraid to play his game because he's afraid to aggravate injuries. Unfortunately, then he you know they run into he runs into a Montreal Canadiens player, probably a concussion, although that's not been confirmed yet. He's not on LTIR yet, but it looks that it may happen that way. And like the I don't weird think thing, we see him. I don't I, think we see him before the playoffs. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't <coughs> think. Well, here's the thing. I, my question to you guys was, whatever's ailing him, he needs to sit. He needs to sit anyway. Why was he out there in the first? Why was he out there? And I, yeah. and it's probably because they're like, "Holy shit, who the fuck are we gonna play?" Like they didn't have, a, you know, Labushkin at that point. But it's repeating like, mistakes over again. Is this not exactly Riley before the COVID shutdown? Yeah, yeah. So can remind people because it's been, it's been a long time. Well, so for 2019 and early 2020, fans were like, "So Riley's just bad then." 
Because he right? came off a 72-point season. Yeah, and was hot garbage. And McDavid dangled him onto LTIR. It's crazy. Um, but it just became obvious that Morgan Riley, who is good, could not do Morgan Riley things. And remember, throughout that whole Morgan Riley struggle, the coach was Mike Babcock. Like, that's what oh. we're going back to. <laughs> right. Wow. Coach, yeah. Stop it, Jesse. Stop was it. he? Yeah, yeah, right up until December. December 2019 is when uh oh, took over. Yeah, when, <laughs> so, when Mark Andre Fleury and yeah. Nick Tan right. ended his tenure. That's right. And Fleury, and Ilya uh, McKeever with the best reaction ever. Yeah. Um Babcock fired. And but now look at Riley. You know, He's he took been... some time and looking wonderful. I don't know if Muzzin is going to be on the same trajectory. You know, there's a little bit of age difference there but he clearly needs time. And when he took time off recently, it seems like it was for the concussion, obviously the first one, but he's, I think there's something else there. And also a consideration with the injury in Montreal, he had a recent concussion. Mm-hmm. Um, but remember in the bubble, he got that stinger uh, against the right. Blue Jackets with his neck. And, and those that's things when he are, was knocked out of the series. Yeah, those things are no joke uh, at all. Um, I've only ever heard of them in like professional wrestling. I, I know you can get them in other situations, but it's forced people into retirement. Well, and, and, and I, have to, I have to raise this. It may not be the case, but I have to raise this. There is a chance, two concussions this season already probably, that we don't see Jake Muzzin play again. There's a chance. I'm like not saying ever, I've heard that from... Ever well, this yeah. season. Retirement. I... Well, how many concussions do you need before it's like, we got to start considering how my life is going to be, right? Yeah. Well, and there's no way to predict them. No. Right? And I, so I'm just saying, get, get used to the idea that you don't see Jake Muzzin on the ice, even in the playoffs this year. Yeah. I'm already prepared for the rest of the regular season. And honestly, the playoffs wouldn't shock me. Me neither. It was, question- that's not me being doom and gloom. That's, that's just the reality of these types of injuries. So the question then becomes, you know, because he would probably go on LTIR. As of this recording, he's not. What do the Leafs do with that cap space? <laughs> and I hate <laughs> to get business about it, but that's what, it, that's what you know, you got to do something about it. No, I know. You got you to gotta wish him well, first and foremost. But of course. Y- you're right. Like, you know, the Leafs have already had these conversations, right? I, I would be surprised if they didn't have contingency plans. Well, hey. so Fridge brought one up, right? <clears throat> yes. So, but sorry to finish that point. Like if I, I would be surprised if management wasn't like, all right, if this guy gets hurt, we can go after this guy. If yeah. this guy gets hurt, we can, we can do this. Like, I mean, in the, what do you do all day conversation? I mean, that would be a good thing to add to the list of things to do. Um, but Elliot Friedman just sort of hot potato JT Miller's name uh, in there. And it's got all of Canada talking from coast to coast. Mm-hmm. Because that's a hell of a thing. Now, the reason JT Miller makes sense, the second line's brutal uh, right now. It's just awful. Yeah. Um, they can't get but, anything going. But uh, Jake Muzzin's $5.5 million cap hit goes on LTIR. Uh, JT Miller, I believe, is 5.2. Yeah, 5.25, I think. But yeah. he, Right. So it's a, it's a really nice fit. There's a fit there. Um, then there's the things sort of on the exterior. They've already looked at 
trading Justin Hall. I wonder if he would be involved. They've already looked at trading Travis Dermott. I wonder if he would be involved. But the Leaf, who is most frequently linked to Vancouver, is Alexander Kerfoot. Right. Because that's where he played his junior hockey. I think he's from there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And he would have value to them, right? He's that's a they they need to get better skating. I mean, their GM said we're a, a mediocre skating team uh, with a franchise goaltender. Alex mm-hmm. Kerfoot can skate. He can he can play center. He can play wing. We've seen it. He's a very good player. Good penalty killer. Seems to make a lot of sense. Yeah, and I wonder, does the Leafs' appetite for salary retention grow now that Nick Ritchie is off the books for next year? I don't know. But uh, it definitely seemed like the sort of thing Frege brought up with reason. Right. You know and what I, I mean? Know that, and I know that before Travis Green was, was uh, let go, there was a lot of talk about, I think it was JT Miller and Bo Horvat not being... Was that what it was? I think there was some oh, sort on of... the best terms. I do yeah, remember yeah. that. Wow. And that feels like forever ago. It does. And they were talking about moving JT Miller back then. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I mean, he's got a couple of years left on his deal. So this would be one of those contracts where the least bring him on and he's a part of the future. Yeah, but like I, if you're Kyle Dubas and you hear that you hear 5.25 next season, I don't know how you justify that for this playoff run. Well, I, I mean, he's so amazing. He's a great player. I don't, he's a great player. If, even if Kerfoot goes out, the, you're taking on extra $2 million for next season when you're already up against the cap. Hall's Hall's gone, right? Hall's contract's up. Right. Um, so I don't I don't know if that's if that's the salary in that case where you want to take it on. I don't understand why more teams don't try. I mean, it's a lot of work, but why couldn't you acquire JT Miller? Uh, go for a cup, just try, you know, maybe you win, maybe you don't. And then in the off season, you go, oh, I can't afford him. So you trade him. You move yeah. him again. I think you move him again. I think, I think players as human beings don't want to go to organization. Don't want organizations to be doing that. No, yeah. no. Well, prerequisite. He needs to want to do it. Yeah, and we I already, you don't want to get a reputation around the league. If you're Kyle Dubas being like, Hey, if we trade for a guy and he has a contract through next year, you know what? We're going to flip him in July. Like that's that's a bad rap. Doesn't hurt no, Vegas. I, I They're agree. fine. <laughs> it does hurt well, Vegas. Doesn't hurt. Does, does not really. Not rap. really though. A hundred percent, it hurts Vegas. Everybody right still now. wants to sign there. No, right Maybe now not there's, yet. A, there's a stank in Vegas. I Lewis think has a great reputation, and it's not just oh, he hands out money. Her, her. Um, <laughs> there was the did did you see the? Uh, sorry, I like to cut off bad jokes at the past. Uh, did you see the Dubas doing with imaginary people? I sure do. Um, this from Curtis Pichelka, Ryan Dezingle credited Leafs GM Kyle Dubas for, uh, the way his situation was handled. He remained in Arizona after the trade and knew he was going to get waived. He called me and he was honest and you don't find that a lot in this league. So Dubas has a lot of, I think he's got a lot of goodwill, uh, in this league among players, honestly. So yeah, sorry. Prerequisite. I think it's an interesting idea if the parties involved actually want to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I think JT Miller um, makes the Leafs top six pretty formidable next year. And, and here's the oh, thing, yeah. the first line's working great. And I don't care about next year, to be honest with you. I think, I, I think frankly, I do Kyle Dubas and Kyle Dubas knows this. They have to do everything they can to win this year. This is still the best, pretty much the best regular season team we've ever seen for the Toronto Maple Leafs thus far ever. 
So you got to augment. So here's what I think. I think you're two, the two guys that are going to go, if, if G, JT Miller goes or comes in, I think that Justin Hall is going to go and then his contract, I believe, expires at the end of this season. So it's no big deal for the Canucks. Um, Kerfoot's a valuable player for them. Maybe they re-sign Hall, but maybe not at 2 million bucks, the Canucks, that is. Uh, and maybe another sweetener in there uh, because it's JT Miller and he's very good. And he's got term remaining. I don't know what that would be. But then that still gives you $5 million on the LTIR with Muzzin out. So and if you bring in... Paul so, is signed through next year at $2 million. Oh, he is. Okay. Well, still, he's a value right shot defenseman who's 30. Not... Not you're not gonna like it's not gonna hurt you, I don't think. Oh Vancouver that to the Leafs right now. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, man. I don't know. <laughs> has he has he fallen that much? The guy that they 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 yeah. let Jared about. McCann go. Yeah, so they third yes. 20 goal scorer Jared McCann, they let him go so they can hang on to this guy. Yes. Adam, just and like you all called me crazy. 15 minutes ago, you said, Oh, you feel bad for Hall. He's I do. I do. I think so he needs a new start. He's going to take on next year's 2 million bucks of Hall. I think he needs a new start. I think, listen, we've seen more of good Hall than bad Hall. Have we not? That's no, true. not this not, season. Not this season, but over the course of his deal and his tenure as a Toronto Maple Leaf. Yes. That's very true. Yes. yes. And yes. that's what I'm saying is that, like, what I would say is the chances are he needs a change, change of scenery mm-hmm. and he will regress to the mean, which is he's probably fighting Tyler Myers for top four minutes in Vancouver next season, which is painful. I don't not disagree with that, you know? (laughs) What's that? I don't, I don't not disagree with that, that a change of scenery could be good for Hall. Right? You don't not. I don't not disagree with it. Is Adam thinking really hard or frozen? (laughs) I thought he was thinking. I thought (laughs) thought he was thinking thinking face. No, he froze. He froze. That's incredible. <laughs> that is incredible. We have this on camera. We got to leave Barry in the show. Oh, oh there he is. Oh, there he is. I was talking. We I, <laughs> then you guys started laughing at me. I'm like, what What did I say that was that Adam, funny? You were like this the whole time. SDPN memes is going to have a feel. Yeah, great. That, that was awesome. That was fantastic. What I was, saying, what I was saying is I think that you, like, it doesn't have to be Hall to Vancouver or whatever, but Kerfoot to Vancouver makes sense in a JT Miller swap. And Hall in a trade for another defenseman makes sense. But my thinking is don't use all the LTIR space on JT Miller. Try to move out one of those two guys with the JT Miller trade and then try to move the other guy out if you can with the other defenseman trade. Because like, listen, if you're going to pull a defenseman off a shitty team that's selling at the deadline, they're going to need a warm body who's played at the NHL level. Justin Hall is at least that. Yes. And he's a guy you can take a flyer on that's, you know, whatever. So, And you're really selling me on this. Well, I, I just think that you could do it. I think you could easily do it. Now, one of the things that people have been talking about, and I guess teams have been calling about, there's two players, Matthew Nyes, probably not going to happen. And Rodion Amirov, who is definitely not going to happen given today's news. So I'm not sure if you guys, I mean, I know you guys have seen this, but Rodion Amirov will not play the remainder of this season. He's one of the Leafs top prospects. Um, he has a brain tumor diagnosis. Um said, I want to stay positive and I want th- people to think positively about me. Um, he obviously it's, it, you know, there's concern. He said, there are many people uh, out there who have their own sicknesses or illness. I want to show by example that I can give people hope. Um, he mentioned Brian Boyle, who, uh, you know, received an enormous ovation in the 2018 All-Star Game because of the same thing. So obviously we send our very, very best to uh, Rodion Amirov uh, as Lee fans and, um you know, I think I read, uh, 
Dubas's statement? Please do. Yeah. Yeah. So this is from Kyle Dubas this morning. I regret to inform our fans that Rodion Amirov has been diagnosed with a brain tumor. Rodion commenced the 21-22 season with slap. I'm going to screw this up. How do you say it? Salavat Yulayev. That of the KXL, <laughs> but suffered an injury to open the season. During the course of his recovery from this injury, he developed some new unrelated symptoms that required ongoing extensive investigations over the last few months. Rodion is currently undergoing treatment at a medical facility in Germany and will not return to play for the remainder of the season. Our medical staff has been involved throughout the process alongside the teams, and we are in direct contact with the facility on an ongoing basis to monitor his treatment and care. Rodion has the complete support of the Toronto Maple Police organization, and we will continue to ensure he receives the best care possible throughout this process. Out of respect for Rodion and his family, the club will not have any further comment at this time. So we wish him the very best. And when we're talking about mm-hmm. the business side of it, also means that that's not a that's not a tradable asset, right? It's one less thing. Not that I don't think I don't think Rodion or or Matthew Nyes were going to be guys that the Leafs were willing to part with anyway. Um, they were being, they're in Andy. conversations, right? Yeah. And it is worthwhile to know like, Hey, <laughs> no, he's kind of going through something right now. So you can don't even away. bother. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I, I think the Leafs owe it to themselves to really go for it this year. I think, I think there's two traits to be made. And I, Justin Bourne said it on the uh, intermission show, I think yesterday, um, they're, they're probably going to be the most active Canadian team in the trade deadline. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's, and I think you got to get, I think you got to get another impact forward in the top six um, because they've tried and tried and tried to make Kerfoot work there. And I just don't think it's going to, um, I think they need somebody who's a little bit mean, like another bunting. If you could clone bunting and put him on both lines, that'd be super good. Oh man. How great has he been? What, what an unreal fit. Amazing. What an uh, like all he's got to do uh, the Marner uh, assists to Bunting yesterday. Mm-hmm. Leave your stick on the ice and like don't even look at the puck, and Marner will pass it in a way where it just mwah, just glances off of your stick and into the net. It's, it's such a good fit. Is John Tavares being visibly upset on that second line and visibly frustrated? I should say and struggling over the last little bit. Is that a part of our conversations today? I don't think Andy. it helps at all. I don't think it helps anybody Him at all. Smashing his stick. Yeah. Like I know we're talking about the team, not looking like they care or whatever. Um, yes. That is showing that you care, but it's also showing you have no solutions. And uh, that I don't think is a trend. I want to see continue from the Leafs captain and I'm probably going to get shit for that. But I know it's a feeling around the league um, and it can't happen. I, w- I will say this um, as, as uh, an extension of the conversation. Uh, I don't have complaints about the way leaf games have been officiated this year in general. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they're getting beat up more than, you know, they beat up other teams or whatever. I mean, on most nights, I feel like the Leafs are drawing more penalties than the other team. John Tavares should be drawing more penalties than he is. Last night, that was pretty clear. Yes. Um, And that's not his fault. That's They've decided to call the game a certain way. Maybe that's his relationship with the officials because there's a lot of nights where I 
think he could probably take more penalties. Um, again, he's not the most fleet of foot. He gets into a lot of really intimate battles with players. And, you know, sometimes his stick will come up or, you know, I, I wonder if, okay, was it the shaft of the sticker? Did he get the gloves? But because Tavares is in so many intimate battles, um, if he's getting hooked and held and it's going uncalled, what's he supposed to do? That's his bread and butter. And you've taken it away from him by allowing it to be open season on him. So I don't like the way he's reacting to the adversity right now. I don't like the 10 game goal streak, but if there was a reason for him to be frustrated, it's that you can do basically whatever you want to him. And it kind of screws his game up. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. My, my thoughts well, about that. And there's a lot of like, I, I really have a problem with this. There's a lot of like uh, takes out there that are like, well, he's not very good anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that's not true. He I was mean, good two weeks ago. Yeah. Like, like right. I, he can go through a bad time. <laughs> he can have he a, he still, can have a rough couple weeks. Is he not still like a one or two points off of a point of game player? 46 and 48, I believe. There you go. Come on. A guy's yeah. putting up 82 and 82 is not washed. That's what like, he does. He puts up 82 and 82 every year. He's not going to score 47 goals every year like he did the first time because he's playing with he wasn't playing with Marner anymore, right? Because, like, of, that's... B- because of the money he's held to the standard of Austin Matthews, which is just an unrealistic standard for he, everybody. That's it, Steve. Like he <laughs> he has the joy of being compared to Austin Matthews for some reason. Like the thing is, John Tavares, no Austin Matthews in the picture. John Tavares is the best centerman the Toronto Maple Leafs have had since Matt Sundin and before that, Doug Gilmore. That's it. No, if there's no Matt, if there's no uh, Austin Matthews, that's the truth. Those four have been the best centers on the team in the last 30 years. And unfortunately for John, he gets to be compared to Austin Matthews, who can seemingly score at will these days. You're handing so, out a lot of disrespect to Tyler Bozak. Sorry, Tyler. Whoa. You'd be number five, probably. Um, or Nas. Nas yeah. has got to be in there, too. We're at least a couple seasons away uh, from talking about him taking a step backwards. We're at least a couple seasons away from even uttering a whisper of a trade rumor. Um, this is a really good player uh, in a slump, man. Like, it's, yeah. to me, it's, it's not complicated at all. Uh, the Kerfoot thing, though, on that line has always... I, I don't know, guys. Has that ever felt to me that has felt forced from the beginning? When he looks good, um, I feel like <laughs> when he looks good, the line clicks because there's no there's no obvious solution for how to deal with that line. Um, Marner and Matthews have been another level this year, but part of what's helped them go to another level is Michael Bunting's been so good that there's no clear solution. Yeah, what's he had, ha- 10 goals in eight games or something? Yeah, or- uh, yeah, he's ridiculous. Um, Kerfoot, his good nights are really understated, and his bad nights are invisible. I like him as a pedaling killer. Yeah, no I do, question. but, man, that second line left wing. Uh, part of me wonders... Here's what we got. Because I'm, I'm looking at moves the Leafs could potentially make. And they're all on the left uh, up front. Kerfoot, who's your second left winger right now. 
Ilya Mikheyev, who's your third left winger right now, and I'll get to him, and Pierre Engvall, who's your fourth. Engvall making 1.25 is too much. Yeah. Mikheyev making 1.65 is fine, but then he's a UFA, and you're probably not going to be able to keep him. Then there's Kerfoot. Mm-hmm. I think they're looking at moving all of them. I don't think all of them will be dealt, obviously. I would be surprised if it was more than one. I wouldn't be surprised if it was none. But I do think they got to take a long, hard look at that. But the problem with making a move on any of those guys is the Leafs penalty kill is a really underrated strength this year. Fantastic. Unless, you know, the guy goes in and friggin' Adam Boquist. Um, All those guys play on the PK. Well, I think I think Kerfoot's the one you can lose on that. I, I think that third line's been spectacular. I don't. I wouldn't want to mess with that. Mikheyev, Kampf, uh, Kasha, Kasha. I love that line. And you've got Marner. All those guys can can penalty kill to an extent. And then you got Marner who can penalty kill as well. Although you don't want to use that too much. I think you got enough. So to me, Kerfoot, you can you can deal without him because because of that third line, which has just been spectacular. Uh, I, what, a, what a great third line that has been, right? Just a pain in the ass to play against. Um, anyway, I want to I run through a couple other things before we, we go too far here. Um, last night, very quickly, Spets' goal to tie it up. Uh, kick or not a kick? Jesse? Not a kick? Steve, kick or not a kick? Jess, or, uh, no, I already said Jesse. A kick in real life, not a kick in hockey. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Natalie and I got to an argument about it last night about like, what, what's the rule? What's, we had looked up the rule and everything. Here's where I think it's not a kick. But I also still feel like it looks like a kick. The, the way the rule's been enforced so, this year? So, so when, you, when you swing a golf club or you kick a ball, right? You follow through, right? There's the follow through. What happened with Spets' skate is it came down and he stopped yeah. And then the puck hit it and redirected and there's no follow through. And that's why I think it's not a kick. Now, does the NHL know what a kick is and, and it isn't? No. As I tweeted last night, it's whatever they feel like on that particular night. But I think that's why you can, you could say that's not a kick because it, it stopped at the ice and then the redirection happened and there was no forward kicking motion on the follow through. I think, I think that's it the best way. like Spezza was trying to direct the puck to his stick. Yes. Like that's what yes. that's what's usually happening in these moments where a guy kicks a puck into a net. It's usually them because this you would never kick a puck into a net because that's illegal. So you're usually redirecting the puck with your stick to your uh to with your skate to your stick. You're trying to hit the puck from your skate to your stick. And that's what he's trying to do in that moment. And it just so happened to go right into the goal. So I don't know. It's probably not a kick. If I recall correctly. Matthews had one called back and he was also trying to kick the puck to his stick. Yeah, but he was more kicking it to his stick and the kicking motion happened to go right into the back of the net. So here's my question. (laughs) Why is there a kicking uh, rule? Why can't you kick the puck into the net? Because it's dangerous. Because it's dangerous. Because you got a knife on your foot. Of, Of course. And I agree. How come you're allowed to kick the puck to your stick then? From the same distance in the same spot limbs and, and, your, and your veins are in- and your stick are like a, a yeah. foot apart they're right yeah. there so you'd never swing your skate to kind of get the puck to your, Steve, to your you'd stick. kill the game you'd like- kill the game it'd be so boring if <laughs> no you no do that i listen i agree it could never work that way but it is silly 
it's very silly. Like it's there for safety, but you're still allowed to do it. It's silly you because are. the rule isn't defined. Right. Like it's yeah. it's silly because it's complicated. For for <laughs> as silly and complicated as it is, I will say the NHL has at very least been consistent in its enforcement this year. And the way they've been consistent is they're just allowing almost all of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the, yeah. If you're Columbus um, or a fan who was there last night, I mean, they were pretty vocal about it. Of course it's a kick, but uh, guys, the, the way it's been enforced this year, not a chance. That's a goal. Right. Sorry, those, well, uh, there was a comma there. No chance. That's a goal. <laughs> um, no chance that's a goal. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, uh, moving on from the Leafs here. Uh, Sean Avery has signed with the Orlando Solar Bears. Yeah, what the hell? What? New York Rangers system. Like Sean Avery, Sean Avery? Sean Avery, yeah. Sean Avery. Not just another guy with the same name? No, no these, he's 41. These... 41 yeah, years that's old. That's what I was about to ask. That was my ECHL. He was just on a panel. Like, what? Yeah. It's been 10 years since he played a professional game. There are no quotes out there as to why this is going on, but I know that there have been rumors about him having a, a potential comeback to hockey for a while. So, I mean, you know what the thing about Sean Avery? It's like he just decides to do stuff and then he does it. He's like, oh, I'm going to play hockey. I'm going to be an NHL player now. And now I feel like interning at Vogue. And that's this what I'm going to do. Tim Tebow playing baseball and then trying out again for another NFL team. And then Tim Tebow being a host on ABC. This is just a guy who likes to try things and do things, doing things. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. okay. Think about it this way. The Orlando solar bears have one of the coolest jerseys in hockey. Yeah. He probably thought about buying one and he thought, no, I'll get them to pay me. And he can play like, you know, a game and he'll get his Jersey and that'll be fun. That's you know, it. Sean Avery was in Tenant. Oh yeah, he's he's been an actor. Yeah, a bunch of times. Yep. Oh yeah. Are you on like his IMDb page or something? I was reading the because I didn't know this was a story. I was just pulling up the uh, the article that Wyshynski wrote, and he closes the article by writing: After retiring, Avery began his acting career, appearing as Red Soldier One in the Christopher Nolan film Tenant. Tenant, Patriots Day, Mile Twenty Two. The marvelous Mrs. Maze. Oh, that's an ad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was Although, in a TV series called Kevin Can Fuck Himself. Oh, that's true. Sounds like Sean would say. Sean would yes. say that. Yeah. Um, Jack Eichel is playing hockey and scoring goals, guys. 
I'm glad something finally went right for the Vegas Golden Knights. <laughs> he had a rough start. Did you see his first game back a couple weeks ago? Uh, I no, mean, I missed it. He took two penalties because it was just kind of he was too amped up. You know, it was kind of like those penalties. He was just going a little too hard that game. It was like a minus four. It was it wasn't a great game, but now he's kind of settled into a groove. He has a game winning goal, I think. A couple of them. he's a point a game. Point a game. There you go. Jack three and three back, is all I'm trying to say. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he's got enough runway. Playoffs start in May, right? This year, May second, I believe. Something so. Like that. Um, he's got enough runway to get it back. A couple of weeks, he's already sort of fa- finding his groove, point of game player. Man, if Stone and Patch are ready to come back healthy enough, that Pacific division, everybody's talking about the Flames right now. I get it. But also the Flames are in the worst division in hockey. And they're taking taking advantage of a Vegas team that is super injured. And if Vegas comes back to full strength, I can't wait for the Vegas-Calgary uh inevitable matchup i don't know who i would pick but i i I think it's important that it's it's vegas and calgary sorry edmonton but it's vegas calgary and everybody else i want to see i want to see that i really want to see that the dynamic of the flames winning that division is really interesting um because they're obviously getting wild card opponents but if you're vegas now as the number two seed even with injuries and everything. Yeah. Playoffs start today. They play the Oilers. Oh. Which, who we like there? Injected into my veins. Injected. Oh, oh, McDavid versus Eichel in the playoffs. McEichel. I take Vegas. Okay. Well, what if the Oilers get passed by the next closest Pacific Division team? Well, that's LA. Are they even in a wild card right now? They're in the last one. Okay. In the West. Okay. Well, I prefer Vegas there. Okay. Uh, what about the Ducks? I like Vegas there as well. So I the, the the concern I had, you know, in the Vegas versus Calgary debate is even if everyone comes back for the beginning of the playoffs, Vegas is going to get no time to play together. This right. gives them a little bit of time to play together as a unit, mm-hmm. um, ideally win if you're them. And then in the second round, you get to deal with the inevitable, which is yeah. a collision course with, uh, God, that's going to be a really good series if it happens, man. Oh, Let's yeah. Also not forget that Vegas uh, needs goaltending help. Like they've been running too? with uh, Laurent Brassois. For- Brassois! The Brassois, as Adam, <laughs> that was the line. Too bad yeah. that you didn't pick up Carter Hutton for future considerations. Ha ha, got him, Vegas. Yeah, uh, Leonard's, Leonard's been out uh, for a little bit here. I think last time he played was beginning of February. But mm-hmm. uh, Leonard has a nagging injury, hasn't been himself. Uh, save percentage is, is in the low 900s. You know, so they need some help here. And hopefully if they get healthy, Leonard, by the end of the year, it'll be nice. But they might make some moves here at the deadline and just go all out. Question about that. What if you hadn't moved your Vesna winning goaltender for nothing? <laughs> you know, it, they probably should have stuck, stuck with Flurry. I mean, maybe they don't have Jack Eichel now because they wouldn't have been able to afford the cap space. But, you know, cap space in Vegas isn't real. No. So, like, okay. And I know that I do a show with Alan Walsh. I know that. <laughs> I know. But before I did a show with Alan Walsh, um, we were all saying... Why are they giving this guy up for nothing? Why are they sewering this guy? 
It's, you want the Vesna. This is how ridiculously. Yeah. So for anyone who is still confused about, um, you know, the Nick Ritchie trade and is, is 2.5 million really worth a second round pick? Well, <laughs> you're about to get a crash course in that. Marc-Andre Fleury was traded for nothing. And within the next month, he's going to be traded for, I don't know, probably like a first and a prospect. Yeah. Something like that, because I don't know, three million is less than seven. Mm -hmm. And that's roughly around what he'll have left on this season or two and a half, whatever it ends up being. The reason Marc-Andre Fleury was traded for nothing is no one could no one can take it yeah and the reason they went with Leonard over flurry is because they wanted to go with the younger guy who signed for the next four years at five million dollars yeah and now they're and already looking for regretting it yeah they're already is there a team is there a less patient team in the entire league like they just make they make decisions commit to them and throw them out the window yeah, it's not how you want all pro sports teams to be run. Like they're trying to win every single year. They want a Stanley Cup. Isn't this what we want out of our teams? But they sure. like sometimes they throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like like you 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 had two good goalies. Uh, you needed a center. You needed a center. They got they got their center with Jack Eichel. Right? They really did. They they needed the center. But like I feel like they could have maybe examined the way that they. It's it's not just that they that they fired Mark Andre Fleury into the sun after his best season. Um, it's that they did it and said we don't like you anyway. It was like it was just this this thing <laughs> like they just like the entire season that he won like when he, when he was playing in Vegas the entire season. It was like they you knew at the end he was he was leaving and it's because Vegas's management was like we don't like you anymore. And so no, I don't think that that's Try. the way that. I want my management team dealing with players. I don't. I don't no. want that. I you're, you're talking just, about the nicest person in the league, and they're like, fuck you and your business. Right. I meant with the philosophy of we want to win a Stanley Cup every single 100% season. with it's you the, on that. The, we just saw the, uh, I almost called them the St. Louis, the Los Angeles Rams win the Super Bowl because they sold every draft book they could ever sell for <laughs> every single player that could help them try and win a Super Bowl. And it worked out. They, yep. they did everything just to try and win this one season. And it was their ultimate goal for a year. And that's how I want to see teams who are trying to win, win the Stanley cup. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like just go for it if you're going to go for it, but not at the expense of treating people shitty. Like that's okay. the caveat, you know, but you, you don't need to have like some that. respect for the, for players as human beings and don't treat them tr- shitty. Like it's uh like it's NHL 22 well, and I'm GMing I, the team. I just want to, uh, congratulate Alan Walsh for doing something I've never I've never seen before. A ventriloquist with a puppet on each end. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah. Anytime, I'm joking. It's so funny, man. Anytime I talk about anything labor relations, oh, now, where'd you get that? Or luxury tax. That's exactly it. It's like, well, you you you're you you have to say what Walsh wants, otherwise you won't be on. No, <laughs> I don't. I can disagree with Alan. It's fine. But I, I do believe in luxury tax, and I don't think that the way the Vegas Golden Knights handled Flurry and getting nothing for him was the right thing. Am I wrong? No, I'm not wrong. I'm objectively not wrong. Hey, this is my favorite game. What is it? Name the guy who was traded for Flurry. Oh, got it. Some Chicago person. I don't know. 
No, it's future considerations, right? Mikhail Hakarainen. Cool. My favorite ah. guy. Yep. What a guy. What a guy. Um, hey, guys. Okay, so quickly on a couple of last things here before we uh, we get to something in the press conference. Um, uh, Zidane Chara's return to the Islanders has not gone as hoped. And it's not because he's played poorly or whatever. He wasn't supposed to be a major piece of that pie, but he's because they've all played poorly. That they've all the, the team is just not done well, right? And it's not on Zidane Chara. If you're Lou Amorello, and you're probably looking at this is Zidane's last year, and I, I wonder from two perspectives here: Do you trade Zidane Chara if you're Lou Amorello? Yes. If you're Lou or if you're Zidane Chara, do you want to be traded? Yes. As what, a family man, no. As a competitor, yes. What, so that's that's a question for him. So right? he probably doesn't cost too much. But what is Zidane Chara bringing to your team if you're going to the Stanley Cup playoffs? What's the role he plays at this point in his career? Battering ram. Fly swatter. <laughs> uh, ref massager. Leafs can um, use that. Yeah. Honestly. I mean, he, geez, he fits a lot of the criteria, dude. He's uh, he's not playing too well. That's the thing. Does anybody right. want Chara? Because he hasn't been a NHL-ready defenseman this season. How many of the best teams have a spot for him? You know? Okay, here's a question. And I'm, I'm yeah, I'm a Leaf fan, and I'm asking this question. Do the Leafs not have a spot for him? The Leafs have a spot for him at this point. Come on now. Yeah, they do. Come on now. Travis Dermott was third pair last night on the left side. Come on now. Come yeah. on now. You still got to improve. Uh, He's not the, the only four. guy you get, but get him. Yeah. If you don't improve in the top four, it's a moot point. But you're telling me that wouldn't be fun as hell? <laughs> I, I'm enamored with the idea of Chara. Like... <laughs> I still believe it or not, everybody. I picture what it's going to be like when the Leafs finally win it. Okay. And I find a way to convince myself every year that this is the year. And here's the story that will be told. Chara becoming a Leaf and winning it here would be such a great bookend to his story because he came up getting his lunch handed to him in the playoffs by the Leafs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When he was in Ottawa. Yep. You're charged with shutting down Matt Sundin and the Leafs would win anyway. Later in his career, he becomes a Boston Bruin. He signed one of the first big deals of the cap era. He signed seven and a half million dollars long-term when the cap was like, I don't know, 50 Mm -hmm. million dollars. It was a lot of money. And I remember (laughs) laughing at that. That's going to be such a disaster. And he ends up winning a cup in 2011. uh, Two other trips to the Stanley Cup final since then. And he's one of the more revered uh, leaders in the NHL and one of the best defenders in the NHL over his entire career. Torturing the Leafs in the process. Absolutely torturing them. What if... This is how it all ends. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I like that. What if this like is how it all ends? I like that it's a lot. It's a fantastic story. 
It's such a fantastic story. Any story that involves the Leafs winning the Stanley Cup will be the story that I want to hear. But that story in particular would be a dream. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Um... Very quickly on Carey Price, the Habs will give an injury update to, or I guess a health update on Carey Price on Friday. I also want to mention this, and this was a big, uh, actually, there's one more thing. The Calgary Flames have hired former uh, GM of the Ducks, Bob Murray, today as a scout. Uh, That just broke before the show. Um, so Bob Murray, who was fired for, I believe, uh, he was fired because uh, there was reports on the, um, the NHL's got a hotline for abuse and they uh, somebody called that in and he was fired for that, for creating a, a culture of that. He then went to rehab from what I understand. Um, and we have not had an update since, but Bob Murray is back in the NHL uh, with the Calgary Flames as a scout at the moment. And lastly, and I thought this was an important thing to mention because it's been so long. This event feels like it was two years ago, but you remember the Ukrainian Hockey League, uh, Andre Deniskin? With yes. the uh, with the racial gesture, yeah, they finally suspended him. The IHF finally suspended him uh, for an entire year, so that came down yesterday as well. Oh wow, yeah, because so, they were uh, they were like in deliberations, making a decision then for a long time. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, just uh, thought we should should mention that. Um, and uh, uh, basically, yeah, they're they're saying that uh, um, that's the that's the possible or that's the that's going to be the uh, um, punishment for that. And by the way, better than I thought it would be, to be, be, to be honest. I, I thought it'd be, I did not think that the AAHF was going to suspend anybody for, for that. I don't know that they've taken it as seriously as they should in the past. So it's nice to see. And hopefully um, uh, Jalen Simarek, uh, who um, was the player, Simarek, excuse me, who had the racial gesture thrown towards him uh, is doing all right. Uh, I also, you know, I wish with these suspensions, and I don't know how much oversight the AAHF has, is there not any sort of sensitivity training that should go into this as well? Like, a, you know, and I don't know why you call it sensitivity training. It's how to not be a racist <laughs> asshole training. Um, it seems that should be pointless. the actual term for it. It yeah. seems pointless without it. Yeah, like what you could just go home and stew about it. Uh, but anyway, I know with through- the, the NHL suspensions on these fronts, even the AHL ones, they have to go through. They do uh, those things on the for the NHLPA on that level, but this it's so it's such a weird situation because it's with international hockey and the double yeah. IHF. And so. and maybe he does. I just haven't found anything on it yet. I haven't been able to see anything. Um, uh, so J- la- Jalen uh, Smerick, by the way, uh, just to 
follow up on him in 30 games with the Beitingheim Steelers uh, in the DEL. He has 24 points in 30 games, uh, fifth on team scoring, despite the fact that he missed a lot of time. Incredible. So he's, he's, he is, he ended up, uh, he's having a pretty good, uh, yeah. let's, let's say second half to the year on, uh, in the German league. Right. Glad he can continue his career and be yeah. successful. Yeah. Right. Very good to hear. Yeah. Um, okay. So Jesse, you've got something that you've been holding back for Steve. This is a I little did. surprise. Yeah. Um, uh, a listener named Christine McAvoy. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, was was down at a conference and she she ran into someone. The conference was in Vancouver. Um, they wanted to say hi to you, Steve. So she got them to record a little video. And then she asked me if I could play on the show. And I said, yes, this, per- this person really wants to say hi to Steve. So we should definitely do it. And we'll play on the show. Okay. Are you, do you want do you want to hear from this person? Is that okay? Yeah. Any guesses? How, how are you going to show me? I'm going to play it right here. You're going to see it. I can do anything. Oh my god! So, uh, so do you have any guesses? Uh, the uh... no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I'm... Uh, I don't know. I honestly don't know. That's why I'm racking my beard. Thomas oh, I'm, excited. I'm excited. It's Thomas Trance. Not Thomas Trance. Well, thanks for blowing the surprise, Adam. <laughs> All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring them into the show. They're going to deliver their message. And then I'll be back. Live or recorded? Recorded. Right now on the show. Okay. Hey! Ah! Oh, my God. That's amazing. Even though his face is still. Oh, my God. How you doing, boy? That's right, Steve Dangle. This is a special message just for you. Do you know why? Why? Because you're all right, boy. Look at that handsome fella right there. Now, I know what you're thinking, Steve. How did Arthur Morgan get so handsome in real life? Well, I can't go into that right now, but I insist that you have a fantastic 2022. Go Maple Leafs. Yeah, that's right. Go and give Iggy a good old scratch behind the ears for me. I will. And whatever happens, I want you to know you're all right. Because you, sir, are officially awesome. That's what I reckon anyways. And anyone who says any different, they must be one of these Pinkertons or old Driscolls or what have you. Anyway, oh. Steve. Lefty to meet you. Come on over to Fan Expo next time. Save your friends having to do it for you, you lazy bugger. I'm only needling you. Anyways, outlaws for life. Here you're a massive fan. Thank you so much. Keep on loving each other. And you'll be all right. <laughs> hey there, man. How great is that? That's so good. Roger Clark, the voice and actor of Arthur Morgan. Uh, from Red Dead Redemption 2. That was so nice. So Can you thanks, please send me that immediately? Thank you, Christine, for uh, you. getting for asking him to record that video. She said he was at the uh, the conference and she just went up to him and was like, hey, can you do this message for my friend? And he was like, yes, I will. And that was it. Pretty cool. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Pretty cool. Oh, my God. Uh, it's interesting that he's got a Scottish accent, too, because um, he's... Uh, he's the- from uh, Ireland. He's Irish. Oh, sorry, Ireland. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny. Um, they asked they asked a historian once, "What's the most historically inaccurate part of any Western 
right? So like the movies, Red Dead Redemption, Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption 2, anything Western related and uh, like old, old, old West. And the guy said, well, it's the accents. The accents would never have been like that. And people are like, what are you talking about? He's like, all of them had Irish and Scottish accents, basically all of them. He said, all the people that were in the West were like, a lot of them were new immigrants and they had like most of the people you would have run into had thick Irish or Scottish accents oh, wow. in the old West, which I thought is kind of cool. Right. So they, the boy thing, that's probably, yeah. that didn't come around until later. <laughs> so yeah. that was, that was something. So Red Dead Redemption two takes place in 1899. And that is something that they sort of addressed. Like there's a family who, without spoiling it too much, there's, there's a family that takes great pride in their Scottish heritage. And you later find out that, it might not actually be true. And um, the, you know, basically your main rival gang is a bunch of Irish guys. And there's a, uh, oh man. Cam you know O'Driscoll. You, you, you know what you also encounter is some of those n- new ones, those untrustworthy Europeans, the, the Italians, <laughs> Angelo Bronte, <laughs> things of that nature. So Steve. <laughs> Well, we got to ask the question. Yes. When are you going to stream Red Dead on our Twitch channel? Yeah, come on, Steve. <laughs> Arthur Morgan delivered a message to you, and you won't stream his damn game. I won't. No, uh, that moved it up. I'm so jacked right now. That moved it up. <laughs> you look, watching you watch the video, you look like a little kid. I am. <laughs> I am. I have to do it. Now, in typical bad guy fashion, Dutch Vanderland. Yep. What is that? The one of the antagonists of the Red Dead Redemption series. But Arthur Morgan's mentor. His actor, real life. Yeah. Boston Bruins fan. Boo! Yeah, I can't like that guy. When I I, when I pulled up the video, I was shocked you recognized his face. Like, I didn't know how much you knew about the actor, the voice actor. You know? All of it. I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I know how much of a hardcore fan you are. I know. I'll, all of it. I know. Absolutely. Like, this is the thing. When I, I don't know what the, I don't know how many people are going to stick with the series once I started. Everyone. Shut everyone, up. Steve. <laughs> like, well, what, what is everyone expected to be? Me Steve. answering hockey questions while no, playing Red Dead? No. Because I'm going to want to talk about hockey. Red Dead. Yeah. No, that's no, no hockey. No hockey. If you talk about hockey, we'll ban you. Yeah. You know, like it just should be all Red Dead. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> like, okay. Let's maybe, maybe too much. No. Um, Steve, if you talk about hockey, I will dox you. <laughs> wow <laughs> don't say that <laughs> don't wow okay so Damn. i'm kidding uh, i'm kidding here i'm i'm looking i'm trying to look at the leaf schedule right now you have too many platforms you, where you talk hockey that's you all don't, you do with your entire so life. jesse you you're doing a stream friday eh? no there's no stream this friday maybe there should be maybe steve dangle should do a stream Maybe we should. Hmm. All right, let's do Wait. the press conference. The presser SDP. The Steve Dangle press conference. First question in the press conference. He said you, sir, are a fish. 
<laughs> <Sorry. laughs> he said that to you. He said that to me. <laughs> this question comes from Roderick on our Discord. Uh, if you're not a member of our Discord, join our Discord. Head to stpn.ca for the link. How would you feel if the buzzer beater system in the NBA was implemented into the NHL? I was thinking when the clock reaches zero, the puck has to be off of the player's stick and no other offensive players can touch the puck as it goes towards the net. If the puck goes into the net, the goal is counted. What are your thoughts? I've wondered about this, and I think it's nearly impossible to enforce. Yeah. You know, especially like in one of those mad scrambles. Like we had a hard enough time. Like, is there, did we ever get a concrete angle that the puck never hit Spezza's stick yesterday? No. You know no, what I mean? Not really. That's no. so that's exactly the sort of thing. So imagine that review then, if you're reviewing whether or not it's a kicking motion and you're not sure it hit his stick. So what if it hit his foot before the like the there's 0.1 seconds left? Yeah. But then he hits it with his stick after what does that count as? What if it's hit twice by the same player? One's before the buzzer, one's after. <laughs> What's wrong with the way we got it now? Like of all the dumb things that I would like to see changed about hockey, this isn't one of them. Okay. 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 Fair enough. Yeah, let's not uh over let's not add more complications to hockey. You know, no. It's a complicated game already. Yeah. All right. Um, this is from Backa Wind, a Montreal Canadiens fan, because you can identify what fan, uh, what team you are a fan of on our Discord if you like that sort of thing. You can do it in your username. It's a lot of fun. Join our Discord. I've seen a lot of takes of people say player A or player B deserve to be to win or be nominated for the Selkie. Mm-hmm. Should a player be nominated for the Selkie if they don't actively play on the penalty kill? Should that be a requirement for a Selkie trophy? I think there's a lot more to defense than just the penalty kill. Yeah. Majority of the game is without the penalty kill. It helps to be on it, helps to be used on it. But like, I don't think it should have to be a requirement. It's, it's hard to, because at the end of the day, you're talking about the best one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The best one. And uh, I was a big part of that cadre for Selkie. Uh, conversation a few years ago, but funny. at the end of the day, I mean, he was a five on five shutdown center who scored a lot and didn't play in the penalty kill, mm-hmm. you know? So like that was, that was a sticking point of Steve Simmons. And I mean, there's, there's an there's an element of truth there. Like I think he was talking about Eric Carlson and the Norris Trophy, and like we're really about to give the Norris Trophy to a defender who doesn't play on the penalty kill. <laughs> like it does. I mean, he was so good for a time where I don't know if it mattered, right. but I don't. I think it's very difficult for a forward to be so good at being a defensive center but not on the penalty kill. You know what I mean? So good that you're the best at it and you're, you don't play on the penalty kill at all. Yeah. I, I think tiebreaker, it goes to the person who plays the penalty kill. Is that fair? Yeah. So the, you know, we, we have been talking about, well, when does Matthews enter this conversation? 
then that's why I don't know if he'll really be part of this conversation until he plays regularly on the penalty kill, did, which did, maybe never. When Taze was at his peak, was he playing on the penalty kill? I believe he was. I know okay. Bergeron was. Yeah. No, it's interesting because they are, you know, two of the best defensive centers that right there that we've seen in the last 20 years, right? Bergeron and Taze. Yeah, those um, two, and Kessler. Yeah, yeah. so I, I don't be interested. That's an interesting question. I think you go... I think because the majority of the game is five on five, you have to weight it that way. But if one plays the penalty kill, the other does not, then yeah, tie goes to that. Unpopular opinion. Marner deserves more Selkie votes than Matthews. I, uh, it, ooh, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's a harder position to play center. Yes. Uh, I think it's much harder and it's, uh, it so requires maybe they're a lot tied. more. Okay, I could I could grant you that. I could maybe he deserves maybe the sentence ends that Marner deserves more Selkie votes than he's getting. Like maybe it's just sure. not maybe more than Matthews, just maybe more. Because center to me is always going to be the toughest position to play in the game. I'll say what I said basically all year last year. The criticism overcorrection of Mitch Marner has gotten out of control, and then he had three games again, three bad games against Montreal, and it's. We're right back where we started last year. He, yeah. he doesn't get enough respect. Yeah. By the way, goaltending is the hardest part, but I'm talking about players. Anyway, I just didn't want it. someone in the comments to be like, I did it to go there. Um, okay. Uh, last, you last question. You mentioned uh, Eric Carlson. He had a he had forearm surgery in uh, January. And then just this week, they updated that. He was supposed to be back like mid-March. And I think they just updated this week that he may be coming back sooner. Uh, but there's another... There's another season that's been derailed by injuries for Eric Carlson. It's been oh, a, yeah. it's been a whirlwind of a career since he's moved over from Ottawa to San Jose. Like in the, I know one of the seasons was it a lockout, their pandemic shortened season, but he hasn't played more than fifty six games in a in a year uh, since joining the Sharks, and like that's going to keep up with the amount of time he's missed from January to now uh, for yep. this season. So there's a guy you feel for just for injuries and the career he could have had if everything went healthy. And they're yeah. going to be pretty active man they're like he didn't come to san jose for a rebuild and i got news for you (laughs) yeah i got news for you there's uh there's going to be guys available one of them being alexander barabanov cool having a (laughs) wicked season how does that make you feel awful (laughs) just awful (laughs) all right last question anything i I, I got i got one more one more here uh, this one is from okay. This was a little aggressive. Uh, actually, I'll, I'll skip. I'll skip this one. I'll skip that one. I'll do as the last question. I'll do this one from Good One Randy. They asked recently mentioned as a long shot target on the Leafs report. What does a Seattle Toronto trade look like for Adam Larson? Adam Larson. That's not the name I thought you were going to say. Who did you think, Steve? Mark Giordano. Are you hearing something that? No, uh, I think it's... Calgary's going to go after Giordano again. Just to just to hunt. Yo, that'd be amazing. That'd be a great story, right? That would be a fantastic story. Okay, now I'm sort of cheering for that. Um, the question, I... though. Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> that I wasn't too into the Leafs. Well, no, sorry. The question was about Adam Larson. I was going to go off on Giordano. Very like me. Um, Listen, Larson, so I'm looking at it right now. He's got four years left. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Four, one, two, three. 
He's got three years left after this season, $4 million per. Oh, yeah, man. That ain't bad. It's not that bad. Is it good for him? We know Seattle just wants futures. They want futures and cap space. Mm-hmm. I no. don't think I no. don't think there's a fit there, man. No, I won't even I won't even Aww. I won't even give you a trade. It's no fit. Is it possible Seattle thought they were going to be better than they are and they're just they would like a mulligan on that deal and they just want to get out from underneath it and there's a potential something there. What number it's, do you take Larson at? I'll take him at 50%. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I take, take him at his number. I take, take him at four his... with the with the Leafs have on the. What if they have to give cap? up like nothing? What if yeah, Seattle's they... like a fifth? You know. No, I'd be more than that. I no, would but think. what if what if it's a situation where it's like it's minimal? Call Arizona. <laughs> I I think that contract's brutal, guys. Yeah. It's a brutal contract. Is there Good a player. potential? Good player. Good player. You know, good player. You go for you. The whole season just to win one one round of playoffs. That's all they got to do. <laughs> That's all they got to do. If, if Adam Larson <laughs> for a third round pick, what gives gives me one playoff round win in, in twenty twenty seven? Because we're doing that now. Um, oh, yeah, Man. I mean, I just here's the thing. Then you got Adam Larson for a lot longer, and there was issues with skating before. Now I know he had a great season in Edmonton last year. I don't honestly know how he's done in Seattle this year. I just know the team's not been very good. The um, goaltending shambolic. Yeah. So I don't know. Like the thing is, is that like, if I'm going to take a flyer on somebody, I'm, I'm, I am concerned. You've already got Jake Muzzin, not fleet of foot and injured. Uh, I believe Larson's had some injuries as well. I mean, who does it at that age? Uh, I mean, you could LTIR anybody, right? You're the Leafs, but it's just, I don't know. That's a lot. There's probably, there's probably better ways you can spend your money. Yes. And if you're not, I mean, listen, if, even if it's future considerations, I'd be like, listen, you gotta, you gotta hold back some money on that. And they're not going to do that. Right. It's too long. If I, there could be a match there. If the Leafs are able to move money out the door during that trade. Yeah. I could see that. Like if hall goes the other way in something, I don't know. Like this isn't, this isn't a, uh, like a major hall sort of deal. Mm -hmm. We're talking about for Seattle. Like either you guys want this or you don't, you know what I mean? And maybe they don't want it anymore. I'll throw this out there. Uh, According to just a few minutes ago, uh, Rick Dollywall uh, from Donnie and Dolly, who is my favorite Vancouver Connect show. Uh, Well, I love Sick Harrison Price as well. They got some great shows out there, by the way, just unbelievable. Um, uh, So both shows are great. Uh, This one comes from Dolly and yeah, Dolly and Donnie, the Leafs, might have some money to work with if they put Muzzin on LTIR. No surprise that the Leafs called yesterday to check in on JT Miller. So they did call the Canucks. Luke Shen was checked on as well. Timothy Lilligren is the player the Canucks would be most interested in. Oh, man. Oh, pain. <laughs> anyway, we'll leave you with that. Okay. So we will see you Friday. Remote broadcast Friday, and then back in the studio on Monday. Everybody stay safe and healthy, and go Leafs go. At least play next is tomorrow night, right? Thursday.
They got, oh my God, they got Minnesota. I am excited for everybody to see the best player in the NHL playing right now, Kevin Fiala. Uh, hottest player in the NHL. No lie. Don't laugh at me. Uh, go check the numbers. Kevin Fiala on fire. And I'm excited for the Toronto media to finally see that third third line. I think they're the third line still of the Minnesota Wild uh, work their magic. And hopefully Fiala puts up a couple points to prove me right. So so somewhere Paul Fenton is going, ah, that was my guy. Ah. If only I hadn't run such a ridiculous regime. Anyway, uh, love you guys. See you Friday. Any, anything else to add before we go? Not to Cax tomorrow. Uh, we, we'll set it as a premiere, maybe even on YouTube. Ooh. You can watch it with everybody else at uh, 1 p.m. tomorrow. Cassie Campbell. podcast follow the guys on twitter at steve underscore dangle at adam w y l d e and at jesse blake connection complete